We sit glued to the TV set all night And every night Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright We got nothing better to do Than watch TV and have a couple of... Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 212. On this episode, we've got some news, and then we'll be talking about uh, some of our favorite commercials from the Super Bowl, and then discussing recent episodes of Teen Wolf, The Originals, uh, American Horror Story Coven, uh, the season finale, and uh, The Vampire Diaries, uh, plus uh, some TV on DVD picks. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 212. I'm Jason the TVaholic from TVaholic.com, and this week I have joining me... Carla Day from Buddy TV and TVFanatic.com. And I'm Tawny Fenrin from VampireDiariesPodcast.com. All right. Thank you uh, both for uh, joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being hat. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, with that, uh, we'll jump right into the news. And uh, first up, uh, Cinemax has renewed Banshee for a third season. Uh, It's right in the middle of its, uh, or just started its second season here recently. A show that I just couldn't get past the premise of the first episode but people that watch it seem to like all the uh all the craziness so uh good for them uh next up is uh fox has renewed bones for a 10th season which is uh not surprising since that show still does pretty well for fox even as it's been uh, uh buried on friday nights for a while now but uh with that 10th season or uh with the rest of the ninth season here pretty soon, it'll be jumping back to Mondays after uh, Almost Human finishes its run. Then who knows where it'll end up on, on uh, for its 10th season. That show has been, I think it's pretty much been on most nights, at, you know, anything but Sunday for uh, for Fox. 10 seasons is a long time. Yeah, especially, <laughs> uh, especially at 22 or so episodes a season. That's, uh, you know. Right. I mean, there's some other shows that have been on, you know, some shows have been on for a while and you're like, but they're only doing, you know, 10 or 12 episodes a season. It's not, it's not quite the uh, number of episodes having to be produced. And that's a lot of, that's a a lot of mysteries that they've had to, uh, you know, produce uh, over the course. And, you know, still, I'd say it's probably... But who knows? You know, it always depends on what else is happening for Fox with uh, some of their other n- new shows that they pick up for next season and and right. stuff. But the tenth season is would I would assume that it's likely it's last. But you you never know. Yeah, you do. You never know. It's the show that like you can't that just won't die. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that and Supernatural. They just keep going and going and going. Uh. All right, uh, NBC, uh, speaking of cancellations, uh, NBC has canceled uh, Sean Saves the World, uh, which is also uh, not surprising. I only watched like the first uh, couple of episodes, but wasn't very good. I've heard that it got, it's gotten better, but by better that it's like reached mediocre status, (laughs) which, uh, but yet... (laughs) Um, it's tolerable. Yeah, it's like it's, it's serviceable. Like it's be it 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 sort of figured itself out a little bit, but but still nobody's watching, and uh, it's uh, just an another uh, I don't know another NBC comedy 
it doesn't seem to really matter on NBC. Like nobody watches their good comedies and nobody watches their bad comedies, so it's kind of hard <laughs> to tell like what what's what. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, Parks and Rec is probably going to go into a seventh season, but it's not like there's a significant number of more people watching that than we're watching Sean Saves the World. Really? That's interesting. I mean, I've probably... Uh, probably does a lot better, though, on DVD because yeah, it has well, a really it's, good it's, yeah, fan it's, base. Well, it's got a long-term you know, setting, but, but when you look at the numbers, I think you know, it's still doing, you know, like in the low twos maybe like ratings wise and you know Sean Saves the World was doing like 1.7 or something like that or so I mean there's probably you know a million or so actual people you know more watching it or something like that but but then something like Community is not really you know, <laughs> it's it's doing even even less uh, but yet those are both significantly better than hmm. uh than the other ones uh but nobody watches those either and uh that's kind of i don't know it's kind of i think it's kind of interesting that uh that there's there's been a group of shows on i mean even uh on nbc that have get sort of like the critical acclaim and and the people that do watch it like love it it gets like this solid you know base fan base you know uh mm-hmm. But it never can grow. It never grows into anything sort of mainstream or anything. But uh, which I can kind of see with something like Community. But Parks and Rec is a little more. It seems you know it, it can be wacky and crazy, but it's still uh, I think you know hits a more of a mainstream vibe. But yet it's never done any any large. I mean, it's been a a bubble show most of <laughs> most of its uh, most of its life too. So. I've never seen any of those, so I, I mean, I've watched more Sean Saves the World than I've seen of <laughs> the other shows on NBC, so, and I mean, it wasn't that great, um, it, there's still, it still has a slim chance of coming back, um, they just cut the order by two, but I think Michael J. Fox's show was its downfall, because NBC's contractually required to air all episodes of um, yeah. The Michael J. Fox. Show. Yeah, they didn't just have to purchase twenty two there. They also are are air, have to air them. But uh, that's been sort of a. I liked it in the beginning, uh, but it it never really turned into much of just a. You know, it it gives you you know a couple of smiles and a couple of laughs. Michael J. Fox has good timing. Uh, you know, I like a lot of the people on the cast of that, but it's just never really. There's nothing special about either of the shows. They're just there. It would, yeah, mm-hmm. they just sort of turned into, uh, like you might as well have still had Whitney on the air, you know, type of thing. <laughs> you know, like they, they did they finally cancel Whitney? I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, Whitney was another one of those shows that in its second season, it actually it became a serviceable comedy. It figured out what it was actually good at and sort of focused on those things. Uh, it never, it, you know, it never became like you said anything special about it. It just became like a serviceable sort of uh, uh, a comedy that you know sort of reached maybe slightly above mediocre status type of thing. And but they've had they've had a lot of comedies like that that uh, that have just been. Uh, I really wish that they would have kept go on, like. Some of the other shows that they've kept in the past, I thought that Go On 
had that ensemble started to really work well together uh, by the end of that first season. And uh, is that the Matthew Perry show? Yeah, and I was kind of surprised that it didn't, you know, with what they've done in the past, you know, with like keep bringing back community and stuff like that. I thought that that might have a shot to uh, maybe stay, but I don't know. Some some things don't tend to. Uh, it's an odd landscape for TV shows now where there's some shows that for some reason uh, catch on and grow and other shows that you th- you still think are good, but they never seem to reach any type of an audience for some reason and never go anywhere. But then on the other hand, uh, you know, NBC picked up things like Hannibal and, you know, <laughs> and they're continuing to do Parks and Rec. So, and community so you know, it's, it's kind of good that that they have lower expectations, I guess, for some of their shows because it's kept some of the shows that I like around mm-hmm. much longer than they would have been. On the uh, you know, sort of the good news, you know, pretty good news front for NBC, uh, Chicago PD, the spinoff of Chicago Fire, has been doing uh, pretty well for them, and so they've uh, increased the order of episodes by two, going from their original thirteen to fifteen for this. Uh, to finish out this, you know, for this season. But that's a show that that started out pretty solid, and it's actually grown a little bit, I guess, uh, uh, ratings-wise since then. But it, it was, you know, it was another cop show. <laughs> there wasn't, <laughs> while I like some of the people that are on it and stuff, it, there wasn't really, it really, seriously, it's, um, it felt a lot like Ironside, which got canceled after two episodes. I mean, they had that same feel of this special police force, you know, or this group that goes after these certain types of, uh, you know, that sort of have a little bit of autonomy to work, uh, you know, led by a guy that does things his own way. And and, uh, it really felt the same to me that I was just like, this is just, but it, it's, it's work. It's working for, uh, Apparently, setting things in Chicago is really working for NBC. <laughs> so you know, like, uh, I mean, and it's worked in the past. So maybe they'll they'll add you know like an ER type show back too. So they'll have like a, <laughs> they can, they can they can do they can call it like Chicago ER to go with Chicago PD and Chicago Fire, and they <laughs> wow. can just all they can just all go between each other. And uh, there's seven right. shows filming here right now this season, so. There's lots of filming in Chicago these days. Yeah, it must be uh must be some uh must be some good tax credits going on. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, some very now. good tax credits. Uh <laughs> which is uh although they've done a little better recently, but which is one of those things I've never understood why that Seattle doesn't do, especially with the number of shows in the past that have been set in Seattle but filmed in Vancouver. It's like why wouldn't you want those shows actually filmed in Seattle, like, why wouldn't you want to have right. those jobs and that stuff happening here? Uh, but yeah, who knows? And uh, last on the news list, uh, Sci-Fi has renewed Haven uh, for a supersized fifth season of uh, twenty-six episodes, uh, which is uh, interesting. It's crazy. Bas- Sorry. Basically, they've they renewed it for two more seasons, but all under the guise of a fifth season because I'm sure it's, it's contractual. Cheaper, I'm sure. 
Well, I'm yeah. sure it's contractual that I'm sure I, I'm I'm assuming that most of the cast is soon it was signed to do five seasons of the show and that if they were going to do a sixth season, uh, that they would have had to renegotiate contracts and stuff like that. And even though it's been a show that's been on the bubble all the time, it probably, I don't know what would have happened, but, but on the other hand, you're going to get basically two more seasons out of it because they're filming a fifth season of 26 episodes that'll air over two years (laughs) And, and probably be filmed over, you know, just the same way they film it. They're just not calling it. Instead of calling it a sixth season, they'll call it, you know, 5B or whatever, or 5.2 or something. And let us all hope that season four was a dream or a vision (laughs) of what would possibly have happened if they opened the door. And that the bar will be back when they, and last season was just a, will be a distant memory. Hopefully they've got something up their sleeve for, uh, it tends to uh, be with these types of shows that they all feel that they need to up themselves each year. But then you do that and you, you keep having to try for something bigger and bigger, more spectacular than the year before. But sometimes you can go off the rails doing that (laughs) and uh, maybe lose your way a little bit. All right. That'll do it for the news. And we'll uh, move on to the next segment. Uh, favorite uh, Super Bowl commercials from Super Bowl uh, 48. Overall, I think, uh, I don't know, kind of a lackluster year for commercials. Uh, also, the the interesting thing that uh, we all spend most of our time fast-forwarding through commercials these days, except for <laughs> uh, the Super Bowl, uh, when, right. <laughs> when we're, we all sort of get excited to see commercials, which is an interesting <laughs> phenomenon that's been created uh, which is why they go for uh, four million for thirty seconds. <laughs> oh my gosh! So how about uh, how about you, Carla? Did you, what were your uh, favorite uh, commercials from the Super Bowl? I of course the the puppy and the Clyde's, Clydesdale one was really cute. But to me, like I saw, that's probably the I think that was one of the only ones I actually watched early. So for me, it was kind of like not really a Super Bowl commercial, and it was so late in the Super Bowl that a lot of people are like, "Is it ever going to air?" Because they wanted to turn off the game. So that one was awesome. But the so the three but the three that I'll pick as my favorite are um, I love the Cheerios one and a puppy too. I just it was just so adorable and cute, and it was awesome. And the first commercial that made me laugh was the Doritos uh, time travel commercial. And it was actually one of the only ones that made me laugh. <laughs> um, I was really disappointed at the lack of humor in most of them or the ones that were trying to be funny really weren't. And that there were way too many like m- long, boring monologues over like scenes that were supposed to be inspirational but weren't at all. They were just boring. So I was glad to have one that actually like made me laugh. And then the one that like really was just nostalgic and I loved was the Radio Shack, seeing all the <laughs> 80s stuff. And mm-hmm. um, I actually thought that might have been one of the ones that 
with the and then there's also the one about the the car mats about making uh in america but i think that one and then the radio shack were probably the two that really had a message that probably stuck with people that people are like yeah i don't go to radio shack because they sell radio parts and it really kind of got across the point that they are trying to modernize and um be a store to go to now so um i really liked that for that you know, it was nostalgic, and I thought it worked as a commercial. Yeah. And I love the insurance when I win the one point five million dollars. Yeah, that is always an interesting thing about uh, well, any commercial is is how often you go. Did you see that commercial where X Y Z happened? I can't remember what it's for, but you know, but you can explain like what what was funny about it or something, and the other right. person will know what commercial you were talking about, but they won't know what it was for either. And uh, you go well. You've you've definitely missed your mark <laughs> as, a, as a as a commercial. If at the end of it you can't say what it like, at least here you know you said it's it's the Cheerios commercial and the Doritos commercial. So you knew what those uh, those accomplished uh, uh, their the the correct goal. Uh, how about you, Tawny? Um, well, I also had the Doritos Time Machine commercial on my list. Oh, that was pretty awesome. I love that, how he walked out. And then he was like, wow, you're so old. I'm in the future. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> that was really cool. I also did have the 80s uh, Radio Shack one because of Alf and Chucky. I was dying. And um, I love um, Ellen DeGeneres. So, of course, the, the Beats music um, commercial I thought was pretty awesome. I don't know. Ellen dancing just always <laughs> like is hilarious to me. Um, but I thought that there was a lot of stuff from the eighties, like the Muppets commercial. It wasn't the best, but it was still kind of cool. <laughs> and, um, I know what you mean, Carla, about like the really inspirational, like commercials. And then it was just like, Oh, this is a car commercial. Like this is a Maserati. What the heck does that, that all of that have to do with like a Maserati, <laughs> that Maserati commercial, that was a great commercial if it would have been for something that I'd never heard something of before. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> like I was, it was like, not that, you know, Maserati is not exactly like a huge car company, but it's a big, it's a, it's a car name that you know. And you're just like, so Maserati has been just biding their time for years now. And to, <laughs> to introduce this car, I was like, no, that, that made no sense. I kept expecting it to be like for some new, like, some new car company or something like that or something you know, yeah. or that because then that commercial would have had a big effect but when it popped up and you know it it had some whatever the weird name of their car is and then it said Maserati and I was like Maserati that's yeah <laughs> it's like well in a car that like I mean come on the, their least expensive car is more than most people in the United States make in a year <laughs> I mean, so the market that can buy a Maserati is so small. And then you have, you know, this girl that can't even drive, you know, who was last show was all her last movie was all about poverty. And her next movie is about being Annie, the orphan. It was just a little bit of a disconnect for me there. (laughs) Yeah. I think we're all scratching our heads with that one. Like, what? But you know what? We're talking about it, <laughs> yeah, right? So, I, I, guess, I mean. Yes, yes, much like uh, I'm sure the audience of the, of this podcast 
is going to run right out and get themselves a Maserati. So, right. well, you know, maybe if they, maybe if they win the one point five million dollars from e assurance, yeah, they will buy a Maserati. That's right. Uh, yeah, there were there are a couple of those uh, like that uh, that I liked, uh, uh, like the the Muppets one for Toyota. Uh, mm-hmm. I I like that one just because I love how Terry Crews is so willing to just like <laughs> sell out for like just absolute silliness. He's just like he's just like this big like badass looking guy, but he'll just like, which right. is why he's so great on like Brooklyn Nine Nine is because he's just totally willing to to do like whatever. But yeah, I I like I like that one for uh so, sort of the the Kermit punchline, you know, with the uh, yeah that. <laughs> That happens to me all the time, uh, <laughs> and uh, th- that one's. I like that one. I like the uh, the Radio Shack one because of you know it's the you know Mary Lou Retton and Cliff, <laughs> you know from Cheers and Ponch and Hulk Hogan and Alf and Chucky and all these uh, sort of like blasts from the past just coming in and cleaning out the, the Radio Shack. That that one was pretty good. Uh, but my favorite, my I think my favorite one was the Cheerios one though. I that one had sort of like a sort of a sweet sort of nature to it, but it also had just the the look that the girl gives when she's like and a puppy. Exactly <laughs> was was too great. And then when the dad's like deal, and then the look that the mom gives, she's like exactly. what? <laughs> I just thought those two looks like totally sold it, it and that one's pretty good. Uh, the the Doritos time machine one, uh, also that one, that one was really good. But the the other one that that I like the the Volkswagen uh, Wings ad, uh, mm-hmm. I thought that one was not it wasn't that great until <laughs> it goes until the last line when the daughter's like yeah and I'm sure and when it hits two million you know uh, or two hundred thousand or whatever it was that uh, rainbows come out of their ass <laughs> and, and then it goes God, to this guy with wings <laughs> and you funny. can just see, you could just see like the glow of a rainbow starting up <laughs> and the yeah. look on his face. I, I, after, you know, they had some mildly amusing things with, you know, people being blown away in the, in the, you know, that in different places when their wings came up or different things happening, but that made me laugh out loud. Like, just, I, that, I don't know. It just struck me so funny. I had to do like a, I, I kind of did a double take. I'm like, wait, did she say what I think she just said? <laughs> yeah, because you, you, then you're like picturing what, what are they going to show next? Like, right. are, they've been showing wings popping out of people's backs. Are they? And, uh, <laughs> But there was just enough to allude to it, so it left, you know, a, you know, the sort of the, you know, a good joke leaves a lot to your own imagination type of thing, and uh, and but I I thought that one uh, that one was really good uh, just because of the way it built to like a a really good punchline at the end. <laughs> You know, the one that I liked until we found out what it was for was the TurboTax one. I'm, it was which which it one was, was that? Um, it was um, it's the one where the couple is sitting on the couch. Is it the one about where the prom dates? 
like the prom dates going back, like the guys watching the prom date. I don't remember that one. Yeah, I don't. Oh, they seem to have really was, good commercials, though. <gasps> it was it was good. It was just then all of a sudden it's for TurboTax. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like really okay, but that was cute until it was for TurboTax, and then it was kind of like <laughs> yeah, whatever. I think TurboTax has a thing for couples because lately their commercials been like um like a married couple and his you know the wife just asking a lot of weird questions like do my elbows look funny and then it's just like you've you've been asked a lot of questions this year let's let TurboTax assist you <laughs> like you know let's make it easy TurboTax can make it easy and I don't know they must be obsessed with the you know the couples right now and. <laughs> I don't know. I use Tax Act. <laughs> it's like somebody somebody sold them on a theme, and they've been uh, they've been right. sticking with it. Yeah. What did you guys think of the um, the Full House commercial? It was fine. It was funny, but it wasn't a favorite. I was expecting more. Yeah. There. Yeah. It didn't. Uh, it. It almost seemed like super short. Uh, it was like, was that even a thirty second commercial? But John Stamos, I mean, as far as the two yogurt commercials go, I would take John Stamos and Full House over a bear any day. Really? Any day. John I like Stamos the bear. Wings over the bear. But but they use real honey. Yeah. I'm John if I want to bring one home, I'd be bringing John home. Yeah. That's yeah, true. Sorry. Yeah, that one. I don't know. That one had more of a like you heard it was coming type of thing. Sort of the same um, as uh, uh, the Seinfeld, the, the you know the Seinfeld ad for for Crackle, uh, right? And, and his uh, his comedians with car show, which mm-hmm. was also weird because they did it at halftime and they they announced it the way that the 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 way that the halftime crew announced it, it made it sound like it was a bit that they had done like for Fox and the Super Bowl, not that it was going to be an ad. And mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it pops up and it was an ad for comedians in cars and which which was fine, but I also didn't think that it was like that there wasn't much to it, you know. Mm-hmm. That's another example of one where I knew there was a Seinfeld commercial. I watched it, but I could not tell you at all what it was for. Yeah, the, the, I have no idea what it was for. Yeah, well, it's for it's for Seinfeld's digital show, the comedians in car comedians in cars getting coffee, and mm-hmm. uh, where uh, he where he interviews where. Why wasn't he in a car having coffee with? Well, they instead? drove into a they drove to to the place with the. That's what they do is he picks somebody up in a car. They drive around a little bit. They stop someplace and get coffee. He talks to him for a little while, and then they get back in the car and and, uh, uh, and, and head uh-huh. out. So that was it. Was kind of like a mini episode of that, except that he was playing the Jerry Seinfeld of of gotcha. the TV show with the and then you know with George and then Newman shows up, and uh, it was you know it was okay, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't that it wasn't that great. Like if you really want <laughs> a good uh, sort of Seinfeld reunion, just Go back and watch the the season of Curb Your Enthusiasm where they had <laughs> where they where they did a whole season about them putting a, that that type of thing together, which was really funny. But yeah, overall, I think a lot of the commercials that were trying to be funny weren't that funny, or 
the mm-hmm. ones that they like teased <laughs> a lot that were coming, like the Budweiser commercial, the Big Night that that played out in like four or five like mini fifteen second bits across the thing. You were just like, that was stupid. You're like that Sorry. would have been, I mean, great for that guy that <laughs> didn't know he was in the middle of a commercial, but but overall, <laughs> yeah. like it 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 didn't have. There wasn't that much more to it than they had teased. Like, you know, Don Cheadle with the llama and, uh, and you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, warming up to play uh, ping pong. That it, there just – there wasn't much more to it. There was no real good payoff to it. I mean, other than for the dude <laughs> that ended up having a big night. Uh, that, that one seemed like a, a – I don't know, like a waste <laughs> – of 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 a big idea and then uh and then like the bud light like the other bud light commercial was uh for their new aluminum bottle like usually you look for <laughs> i guess uh like doritos has taken over uh the uh the sort of stupid humor <laughs> uh banner from uh bud light as uh because th- that's usually what you look forward to is there's, there's going to be a handful of like Bud Light jokes that go for some, right. you know, weird, <laughs> weird, funny thing or something like that. But instead it was uh, it was. Well, and why would you want to close your beer back up? That's what I don't get. Like if you're drinking a beer, you're drinking a beer. Like it's not like you drink a beer over like five hours or something. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't... I mean, don't you usually finish a beer before it gets warm? I mean, all I know is, is it reminded me of. It reminded me of the last episode of the Crazy Ones, where they had the this this new whiz kid at the at the advertising firm that was all about uh, creating advertisements from the numbers, like uh, you know looking at data and stuff like that to figure out how to target people with the right commercial. And he makes he makes this uh, the client is for uh, some sort of uh, cat food and. The thing that he finds in his data that's the best about it is that it has an easy, easy open can uh, compared to other cat foods, and so he just creates like this weird commercial that's all about that just has somebody opening the can and it's going easy open can, easy open can, and uh, when I saw that Bud Light commercial with the, all I could think of is somebody ran the data and, <laughs> and thought that it'd be a good idea to talk about how easy it is to twist this cap off and that the bottle is now made of aluminum uh, as opposed to, uh, uh, you know, or even uh, there was a, I I don't know if it played during the Super Bowl or where I saw it, but I saw a Michelob ad recently that I think it was a Michelob ad. It was some, some ad for some beer and the thing they were, they were advertising it was in the classic can. And you're just like, really? (laughs) It's like (laughs) nothing about the beer. (laughs) But hey, you can get it in the can. You could get it back twenty years ago. In some people are really into that. <laughs> I don't know. Some of those types of things are really funny. It's like, I mean, on the other hand, it's like it's the same beer. What exactly are you going to do to convince somebody to buy it uh, if they're not already buying your beer? Right. Uh, but yeah, it totally that commercial totally reminded me of that it was created by like the numbers guys and didn't have any of the creative people really in on uh, creating the the uh, commercial but yeah those uh those were pretty good so there were a handful that were pretty good there were some that were sweet 
But the other thing that was odd is you would have some of these, you know, like longer commercials that were, you know, going for some message type of thing. And then like either like right before or right after it comes like a completely silly, <laughs> crazy type of, you know, commercial. And it just, that didn't fit. It felt weird uh, going from like uh, a, like the Chevy commercial about supporting cancer you know, research or whatever it was that they were advertising instead of their trucks, you know, that was kind of an effective ad, except that like, I think like the next thing that played was like, like 180 degrees different, like feeling from what you were just got from this ad. And so those things were kind of weird too, with the, all the different types of ads that people are going for, they don't mesh well together. So that, that makes them feel, uh, uh, weird as well. But, uh, I think that's probably enough talking about commercials, you know, <laughs> until until this time next year. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Next up is the primetime segment. Uh, first up on the list is uh, Teen Wolf, uh, Season 3, Episode 16, uh, Illuminated, which, uh, Tani, you don't watch? I don't. I did watch this episode, though. It was my first time uh, watching Teen Wolf, and I enjoyed it. And because uh, I would say, I was gonna, I was gonna tell you is that based on your liking of the originals <laughs> right. and the Vampire and Diaries, the Vampire Diaries, it's very similar. <laughs> and you, there's no reason that you should not be watching this show. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of like, oh, I haven't seen this show, but I kind of really have seen this show, so <laughs> it's good. I, I think I'll be able to participate a little bit in the conversation. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing is is it does have sort of a a Vampire Diaries type of feeling to it a, a little bit, you know, but they're coming at things from a completely different uh, set that it doesn't totally feel like that you've seen it before, even though, you know, like Vampire Diaries has werewolves and, you know, a show right. like Being Human has werewolves and a show like Bitten has werewolves, but this feels like a completely different take on, uh, you know, sort of the, the werewolf genre, you know, inside of the, you know, the teen drama <laughs> of right. it all. Yeah. So uh, what do you think, Carla? Well, I just always love Teen Wolf. So um, I have to say that um, it was a very good episode for you to watch for the first time because there was a lot of shirtlessness in the episode. <laughs> yeah. um, I noticed that. <laughs> yeah, it was quite fun to watch. Um, the other part of it is that it kind of started a new um, Teen Wolf is really good about um, they kind of chunk their episodes like the first um, half of the season was about like one kind of thing and one kind of challenge and now um, that episode was the first one where we got to see the black smoke mask demon people right? Um, which I don't know do they have a name Jason or I've just been calling them the black smoke <laughs> demon thing yeah I don't know that they've been sort of uh, named yet or the black, the smoky black mask demons, I yeah. think is what I called them. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. uh, I, so far, so far they've just hinted at it like when they've, they, you know, that they appeared at the, the giant, you know, stump, uh, after, you know, the previous events that they, that they had gone through. So, like, they've done something to bring them here. Uh, and then there's also now they've shown that, uh, 
the one girl's father has some sort of connection. Yeah, because Arjun had a mask. Yeah, the, at his he, house. Yeah, he had a broken mask, so he has he's dealt with them or or he's knows one. something about them. But they, I, I think they do a good job of sort of dropping the little clues and stuff like that. I'm I'm interested to see the next episode when the electricity girl <laughs> is like <laughs> she now that what she's seen at the end of this episode, Kira? yeah, that she'll be like, I wonder what her reaction will be because like she definitely thinks there's something odd about herself and uh, and she was like, you know, why is why is this not weird to you, <laughs> you know, type of thing, and it's like. Because I'm on fire. How come you're not scared? <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like, come on, honey. That was I, just an everyday thing. No I've seen, deal. I've seen yeah. some weird stuff, you know, type of thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm curious to see um, what these things are all about and how they fit into the overall mythology of the show. Because right now they kind of, I mean, it doesn't really. To me, I'm like clueless as to what they are, what they're for. And then they marked the five people or somehow five people got the mark behind their ear. So are those people like being targeted or were they marked because they're quote unquote safe? You know, so it'll be interesting to see because based on the preview for the next episode, it looks like, you know, like Kira and Scott are going to be chased and they weren't marked so um and then there's i think that was i think they were trying sort of in the process of trying to do that but then the sun came up and they disappeared and uh yeah that's what i wasn't sure about you know and then you have um you know styles who has some funky going on because (laughs) like the previous episode he had you know it was him that left the message on the board that targeted kira so, you know, how does that carry over and does that have anything to do with these black mass smoke demons? Yeah, Maybe or, they have like know. mind control or something like that. Yeah, I don't I don't know cuz they're still uh I guess they've sort of fixed uh you know, when they came back for this season, they were having a lot of problems dealing with uh what they had done at the end of the last season to, you know, save their parents and stuff like that. So, uh, it seems like their afflictions are gone. Yeah, it seemed like they were. They uh, went. They kind of went away almost too fast for me. Yeah, but the, the, they were kind of gone. So I was like, "Is this part of? Was this part of that still uh, happening?" Yeah, I don't but know. Uh, or did it happen in that sort of period of time? But it seems like it kind of happened after uh, that. But um, but overall, it, it's they've created an interesting mystery where you're. You're sitting here going, you want to know who these four are and and what the deal is and 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 you know and what's going on uh, with them. You know where did they come from? How did they get? Uh, why have they come? Uh, these are all uh, these are all things that they've set up that I think we'll find out more in the you know in this episode uh, coming up tonight uh, as we're, as we're recording. Uh, to uh, to find out more about what how the rest of the season is going to play out, uh, you know what their you know sort of uh, what their new goal is uh, to uh, solve this latest uh, problem. And uh, but so far, like I was mentioning with the you know some other shows, uh, they haven't 
they haven't done the where the new thing feels like all that much bigger than the past thing. It's just a new thing. This is the type of show where you can it sort of has a supernatural aspect to it so you can kind of just go anywhere but sometimes you reach too far and it becomes uh it just becomes ridiculous uh for what you've uh done before because you're just trying to top yourself where you can top yourself with the story without having to try and create you know necessarily a bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger big bad like every season the next one can be just as bad as the last one, but different, you know, like it's because really it's these characters and how they deal with things that are why it's interesting to watch. It's not always about what they're trying to solve. It's, it's watching them and how they deal with each other while they're trying to solve it. So do you think that that Kira girl has anything to do with these masked guys? Like, do you think maybe they're, I have, She's the reason why they're there. I don't know if they're there because of her, because of where they came from, but it kind of has the feeling like she may be a help in getting rid of them type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> like she may have uh, some sort of ability that they might be able to figure out how to use to uh, to combat them. Because uh, obviously when you can just pull a sword right out of the middle of yourself <laughs> and... Right. In the middle of a fight, and you can just disappear and reappear type of stuff. Uh, the normal type of uh, fighting is not really uh, is not really gonna gonna help out. Uh, right. So yeah, I think it may be something you know that where they've written in you know a new character type of thing, but it may be that ultimately her abilities or something that she can do will be able to help in this uh in this situation because i don't know considering where they came from or where they appeared for first it seems that it has something to do with what uh scott and styles and uh i'm blanking on the 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 third one's name uh that they they basically almost died uh going into an, another realm type of thing to oh Al- are you talking about the Allison when they went in the yeah, ice buckets when they went and or when the ice tubs and they did you know they they did something that to be able to find and save their parents from a whole nother uh, problem at the end of last season and uh, then they were dealing with some problems from that at the beginning of this season but where their parents were being held and stuff like that and where like all these things came to be is where these you know smoke monster type people uh first appeared so Hmm. it seems that it has i would think that it has some connection to scott and them uh and and his and his like sort of new pack or the people around him but uh hopefully somebody can get back and save daddy argent so that he can uh fill them in on (laughs) what what they what what they may be dealing with because he seems to have uh, uh much more information that is always one flaw in these types of shows that I don't always like is he's like, because of him having this mask and stuff, he thinks that they may have come for him. Right. Even though if they had come for him, why didn't they just go, go for him? <laughs> he was on the other side of the door going you know, right. in the previous episode. He's on the other side of the door going, open the door while they're attacking the other while they're attacking the kid in the room. 
if they were really there for them, you know, for him, I don't think that they would have locked him out, you know, of, right. of getting into the room. Uh, and so, you know, so maybe he thinks that and, and stuff, but it becomes one of those things that don't tell anybody, give me a day. Those, those always just feel a little bit, uh, right. Too like, <laughs> like too cute, you know, like uh-huh. <laughs> we need to draw this out for an episode, Right. Uh, yeah. Give me a reason. <laughs> uh, but it's like, mm. but if you've been in these situations before, it seems that you would know that the best course of action is to tell everybody everything right now as soon as possible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> because that'd when, be too easy. <laughs> <laughs> because you're talking about uh, in the you know you're you're three and a half seasons in now with these people and and this is a and that and. You know, Argent is a character that, uh, you know, that his backstory is he's been dealing with werewolves and stuff like this for, you know, his whole life. This, <laughs> these are the type of lessons you would think he would learn by now. But, but no, we got to uh, prolong it until they're just barely saved by the sunrise. And then it's like, well, it's been 24 hours, so I'm going to tell Scott now. <laughs> like, <laughs> even though they don't really know anything, they just know that he had been attacked earlier. And had sort of kept it to himself. But yeah, so hopefully they'll be able to figure out uh, what's going on there. I thought it was really cool when um, when Scott, he had called Kira, like, when she was like, you know, why don't you th- think I'm weird or whatever? And he called her a fox. Did you guys notice that, like, when he was looking at her with his werewolf eyes, I guess, <laughs> um, and she was just kind of, like, engulfed in flames, and when she kind of turned her profile... Like, you could see, like, and at, at first I was like, is that, like, an outline of, like, an animal? Yeah, that's, like, it, yeah, because yeah, he says you look like, yeah, it looks like a, a fox or, you know, right. some sort of protective armor that's, uh, uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, you know, why not? They they had a, a were coyote earlier, so why not have some sort of a, a fox, you know, right. keep the animal theme going <laughs> type yeah. of thing. Well, and there is an episode coming up that has the word fox in it. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh. All about foxes this year, is it? <laughs> yeah, I think there's like, um, I don't know, it's like the fox spirit or Kitson or something like that. So I wonder if that's going to come into play since it's a supernatural kind of show. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It'll be, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, uh, see where they go, but, uh. But after watching an episode, Tawny, does it it seem like a show? Am I right that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I could definitely watch some more Teen Wolf for sure. So, um, your mission that you are forced to accept is to now go back and watch. I know, watch all season catch one. Up. I know it's not that bad oh, because yeah. well, yeah, because thirteen the... episode seasons. So, oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, 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 this is the first season that they did. Or twelve episode seasons, I think. Yeah, I think and they... then this is the first one that was doubled up. Well, oh, okay, did they, yeah, did they double? Did they double up or did they just go 20? It's tw- it's uh, 20, 24. Is I it think. 24? 12, yeah, it was 12 and 12. Yeah. Well, maybe they had a, a three-year contract for these people, so they signed them to, to do season <laughs> No, you know, I think for Teen Wolf, they, just, they, they were doing really well, so they wanted to increase the order. And then when they renewed it for next season, um, it got, the creator just said, to them that it was too much to try to write this story out for that many episodes 
So they, that's why they went back down to the 12. Yeah, well, even within these 24, they basically broke it up into two half seasons where they've told relatively... Separate stories. Separate stories with that, you know, something from that goes into the new thing, but that's basically what they've been doing all along. Uh, mm-hmm. I do have to say I really like Scott with Kira and the fact that, like, Scott and Allison are split now and, like, seem to be okay with it. Um, so, so many of these shows, like The Vampire Diaries, it's like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Mm-hmm. Like, you get whiplash <laughs> trying to keep yes. track of, like, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> what's going on between, with the relationship. So, um, and that was something when I interviewed the cast, um, I was glad to hear that, like, that they're separate. And so, I mean, whether they get back together at some point, I just like the fact that they both were mature enough and as teenagers to realize that it just wasn't going to work. But now, you know, of course, Allison's with Isaac, another werewolf. So <laughs> that was, um, I have I, to say you know, that I was actually like her with Isaac, I think better than Scott. Yeah. Although that was a great line from the previous episode, I think, uh, when, uh, Allison's dad walks in on them and they're, you know, sort of, uh, I think it was from this episode. Maybe it was, no, I think one. it was the previous one. This, this episode sort of started out right at that, uh, Oh, right after. Yeah. Right after that, I think. But in the, in the last episode where he, he catches, he catches them together and he walks out of the room. He's like, and you hear him in the, off in the background. He's like, another werewolf. Are you kidding, <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> Okay, so like it's it's her dad like a werewolf like like he yeah. she and hunter her, <laughs> their whole family has been like a, a were, werewolf hunters you know, oh, okay but they've sort okay. of come of around course. to uh, <laughs> but yet uh, well that's the that's sort of the main sort of like Romeo and Julietness of the first episode is that the werewolf falls in love with the daughter of the werewolf hunter right uh, exactly and so uh, uh, but yet in in seasons to come based on how things uh, you know play out and, and stuff he comes around to realize that you know not necessarily all werewolves are bad and that actually having some werewolves around to fight some other things that are worse <laughs> might not yeah. be well, such a bad idea not all werewolf right. hunters are good yeah that's when you, when you that's, go back and watch the episodes we won't give anything away for you but like <laughs> everybody's not good and or bad it's you know there's a lot of switching things up yeah, it uh, yeah. and it I I it, it plays out similar in, in speed of story to something like the Vampire Diaries too in some ways. Early so. seasons of the Vampire Diaries. Yeah. Not like last season that like seriously the cure like all season. Oh yeah. Silas didn't old. die. He had to <laughs> no. Come okay, back for the fifth season. <laughs> yeah. All right. well, at least we're done with that. <laughs> or so we think. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, speaking of the, some of those characters, uh, the next show on the list is uh, The Originals, uh, season one, episode 12, uh, Dance Back from the Grave. And uh, we'll start with you, Tani. What, uh, what do you think of, uh, of The Originals and this episode? I thought it was awesome. I really enjoyed the the Papa Tunde storyline. That was really cool. And I wasn't expecting it. I don't know why. I, I guess I was um, expecting to see more of like the Celeste kind of storyline and, and all that. 
Uh, but it re- was really cool to um, to have that. I mean, it was just it blew me away. And the fact that he was like off the show at the end of the episode, I was like, wow, that's really good for them to bring in a character and bring like take him out in the same episode. Um, so, yeah, I really I really enjoyed this episode. And then it was cool. Yeah, it kind of almost felt like you're going to get they're going to have to deal with like the three or four witches that uh, that she brought back. Right. Mm-hmm. But if they continue to actually complete their task, that it just keeps making her stronger overall. Right. Uh, but yet they've they've built this in uh, an interesting way in that, like when she walked up at the end of that episode previous and is like, call me by my, you know, regular, you know, my real name, Celeste. Right. That wasn't, that didn't, it wasn't surprising. Like I, I kind of figured that was coming a little bit earlier on in the episode, but mm-hmm. yet they've mentioned Celeste enough in some of the story, but yet not so much that I thought that that's where, you know, the Intel, like about halfway through the previous episode mm-hmm. where it was, where it was fine. Like, Oh, okay. That's why they've been uh, uh, mentioning that. And so that was good on that aspect where it, while, it ultimately built built to that episode ultimately built to something that didn't feel like much of a surprise. At least it did feel like a little bit of a surprise earlier on in the episode that that's where they were going. Right. And I think it'll be interesting to see uh, where they go once uh, they also had that uh, little bit where, geez, why am I, why can I not think of character names now? I think I know what you're talking about. You're going to talk about Marcel and Rebecca when they were referencing um, how he brought Papa Tunde to town, actually. And then she was like, the only person that my brother is afraid of is their father. Yeah, Mike. I yeah. thought that was cool. And I'm so wondering, like, OK, are they really going to do something with this? Because one of the witches that they brought back was the same witch that uh, found their father, right? Yeah. The 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 redhead, the younger like um, um, witch that had the red hair. She was the the witch that did the locator spell to find Michael, Michael originally. Yeah. So I'm interested to see if like in the next episode we're gonna learn more about the other two witches that she brought back, and if Michael somehow is gonna like make his way into the originals. Um, that would be maybe in a like flashback kind of setting or. I don't know. You know, the well, CW. Who's the, fourth witch? <laughs> who's the fourth witch that should have come back? Or what happened to the power of the fourth witch? The resurrection? Because she only brought three back that we saw. I think and there were her. Four girls, she... There were four girls sacrificed. So. Well, I think Celeste or, you know, Sabine or whoever it was, she absorbed some of that power too. So I think she absorbed it. And then the other three must have, right? That's like, what I'm not sure about. Yeah, yeah, because that's right. She, she was. There was only three that she was talking to. So I think that she may have absorbed some of that, the fourth person's abilities or whatever. And then it looks like she's having each of them go out and increase their abilities and come back. Right. And all to take down Klaus. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't anybody ever learned that Klaus cannot be taken down? <laughs> I don't know. There's the one thing that I'm like kind of irritated about with the originals is okay, we've only 
we're discussing episode 12. So there's only been 12 episodes. And they seem to be going back to the same well again and again and again. And at some point, as far as like, um, you know, Klaus and Marcel are broken up and then they're together and then they're broken up and <laughs> Klaus and Rebecca are together and broken up. And, you know, Elijah's trying to keep all the peace and, you know, there's interlopers coming in that are siding with some of them and then betraying some of them. And, you know, in 12 episodes, they've kind of like, there was no more than I would say two episodes in a row where any alliances were kind of kept. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> I'm I'm getting a little bit irritated with that because it's kind of like, okay, we're 12 episodes. So is it going to be like every two episodes? It's a, you know, I wish they would kind of level that out a little bit and have um, some kind of continuity of like sides, like who's good and who's bad and, I mean, it can flip around. I don't have an issue with that, but, like, I wish it was just a little bit more, like... Like, it seemed like the arc to sort of take back from Marcel would have taken longer than they did. Yeah, Mm -hmm. maybe that would have helped or something, you know... But that came... That sort of came sooner than I I sort of expected. And and so they kind of are in that sort of vampire diaries type of thing where they're just they're kind of blazing through well you know but i think unlike unlike vampire diaries which blaze through story and like through plot they went like they had their their different you know six episode arcs of different um, foes or different things where with the originals, it seems like it's the same group of people primarily that are all like turning on each other and twisting around. And then there's maybe something on the outside a little bit. So in this, I, it, to me, it just hasn't really worked as well as I would like. Yeah, it well, the thing is, is like, is Celeste going to be what they have to deal with? for like the rest of the season or is it going to be until like episode 15 and then there'll yeah. be something new for the to go to to me, the end of the season or yeah i think you're right i think to me it kind of seems like every couple episodes they keep going like back and forth between like the witches and then the werewolf you know situ- situation with Haley and then the vampire so like i feel like these last two episodes have been very like witch base so i can't really see them dedicating like like many more episodes to just the whole witch storyline. So I hope that by 15, they're done with this part of it. (laughs) Although I am interested, I am looking forward to like once Elijah realizes like who's back, you know, type of type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That is kind of cool. Cause I mean, it was once they, once she was trying to consecrate the bones and there was no, there was no like power there. You're mm-hmm. like, well, <laughs> something's already happened, and uh, uh, then at least I, I was glad that uh, uh, that one of them finally went and was like, you know, this is not necessarily over. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, the young girl died, and the the four, you know, the four steps of the rain and fire and everything didn't destroy the city, uh, but. Uh, that power had to go someplace. Right. And now there's kind of a glimmer of hope too, that like those um, 
that those young witches aren't necessarily gone for good. I th- I thought that this episode kind of brought a little bit of glimmer of hope that maybe they can take down whoever stole the power. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I'm one that says Davina needs to be dead. I'm sorry. Like, I... You know what? She needs My to be dead. My husband loves her. Yeah. Well, the thing is... I is, mean, I guess a lot of people like her, but I just, you know... Well, the thing is, is if Davina comes back... To- she won't be the Davina that she was because they'll they'll ultimately if they bring all four of them back, then the power is split between four. The the thing was she was so powerful is because she was holding all the all power the of all of them. Right, yeah. but the issue is that I like the Vampire Diaries has gotten into trouble because they've just they keep bringing people back, mm-hmm. and like when you're watching. Vampire Diaries and even the originals to some extent like I didn't feel a thing when Davina didn't come back now if it would have been (laughs) season one of Vampire Diaries I would have been bawling and I would have been like oh my god it's so horrible and terrible and I would have felt bad for Marcel but like Mm. 99% of me is like okay she'll be back back, so (laughs) why even here and so true (laughs) so I don't know I just that it's unfortunate that the shows have kind of gotten that way, but so predictable. So, I just hope. I mean, I would. I think it would be kind of cool if she, like, maybe if they try to bring her back and she comes back for like thirty seconds and she dies or something, so that you can have that emotional, like. Well, the, there you know, is there is thing. the flaw in these types of shows where, when somebody dies, you don't necessarily because I mean, how many times have I mean. The episode of the Vampire Diaries where they were all sitting around talking about all the bad things that Catherine had done and like how many of them had died and like come a lot. back, you know, <laughs> at some point. At least in time. two, two you off know, the top of my head. And so, you know, so it the you know the originals has that same thing because it has especially if you've been watching the Vampire Diaries and they're now watching the originals on top of it, you have yeah. all that backstory. Uh, I still think the major flaw is creating you know, sort of a character that has, that has no flaw, like, uh, that can't be killed. Or if you could figure out a way to kill them, it kills off every other vampire in their line. That's Mm -hmm. a, that's a huge, you know, that's sort of like a huge thing that now the vampires are never really going to kill another original. So a, a witch might not care about that, you know. Like, right. well, if Celeste gets enough power, she believes that she can kill Klaus. I mean, that's the whole point: yeah. is that she wants revenge for her death, and she's gaining all this power so that she can either kill Klaus or do something worse than death to Klaus. So, I mean, we're building towards that, but of course, he's like the main character, so <laughs> right. You know, they're already, they're already short on originals, so they can't really kill off too many more. You know, it would be interesting to see what would happen if, even for a short period of time, he his immortality is gone. You know, and that he has to struggle with that. Maybe just go back to Mystic Falls and, you know, screw Caroline for his last days, but... Well, no, he that'd promised. be okay. He promised, not that his word's all that good, but... He no. did promise not to go back, which once I, you get a taste of Caroline, you're never you're never going to give that up, right? <laughs> which, but I would be more than happy for him not to come back because that was part of that was the the best thing they ever did to the Vampire Diaries was spin the originals off. 
That is true. There was no, yeah. there was no other way to deal with them anymore. And they were either going to have to like get something, create something even worse for all of them to have to team up <laughs> or <laughs> type of thing. Or you, or you have to, uh, you know, cause you can't, you, they created a, a big bad there for a while that you couldn't get rid of. And, yeah. And, uh, and then they they weren't the bad guys for a while. So then that's why yeah. they had to, we all fell in love with them. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> then they had to give them their own show. <laughs> I have to say, I, I do like, at this point, I like the originals, I think more than the Vampire Diaries. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole like Silas thing kind of turned me off on the Vampire Diaries a little bit. And then what they're doing this season, whatever, we'll talk about that in a bit. But I do like the concept of the originals. I just think that they might have like... Um, overplayed the whole like switching up of alliances and that too early, but it's yeah. easily fixable. Yeah, just leave some people on the same side for like four or five episodes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. What was up with Terry? <laughs> like he just kind of like he was there, and then he was like, "I'm out of here." <laughs> well, and that's that's actually could be a very interesting storyline. Is like now, what are those Nightwalkers that broke off? Right. What are they doing? You know, what are they going to do? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they could be a loose cannon type situation. Though, you know, if Klaus wanted to, he could just kill them all. He proved that he could take them all out. And, you know, when he did the fight in the um, in the quarter. But who knows? Right. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, enough uh, witches and vampires. And let's just move on to just some witches. Uh, for, for a little bit until uh, we get back to the witches and vampires yeah, yeah. with uh, uh american horror story coven uh season three uh, episode 13 uh the seven wonders uh the season finale so uh carla what did what did you think of uh this season of american horror story um the season as a whole i thought was a little uneven um i it was almost like there were too many characters and that some of the different storylines really didn't have any purpose. Um, you know, it all came together at the end, but you know, like the neighbor and her son, Luke, it's kind of like, what was the point of that? And then they brought Kyle back from the dead, but then he pretty much didn't do anything the whole season, um, except for causing some difficulty between Zoe and Madison were towards the end. Um, and then even with like the, uh, the voodoo queen and her, um, I don't know what you would call them, but the voodoo group of people, um, you know, their version of whatever coven would be, um, seemed a little underdeveloped and everything kind of, I thought fell a little flat in the end. There wasn't any like big, huge moments where, um, you know, like the series is known for where you're like, oh, my God, you know. Yeah. But um, <laughs> as far as like the season finale as a whole, given where the season went, I was happy with the way that the season ended. Uh, I did like that in the episode before the the finale um, that Madame, I'm sorry, that Marie Laveau and Delphine kind of ended up in their own personal hell together. I thought that was pretty fitting. And then in the finale, um, you know, when I wrote when I wrote my review of the second to last episode, I wrote it as if Fiona was dead. 
Um, but I always kind of thought maybe she wasn't. And I like the way that she came back and uh, the final moment that Cordelia ended up being the Supreme. I mean, it the way it played out made perfect sense. And it would have been, you know, very linear. Um, and I liked that. But the show usually isn't that way. Mm-hmm. Like the, the installments. Usually there's big shockers. So um, overall, I liked it. I just, it was, it was a little less awe-inspiring than the previous installments. Or jaw, less jaw-dropping. Mm-hmm. Maybe, and especially the finale. I felt the same way. I felt exactly the same way when they, when uh, Cordelia and Fiona were hugging at the end. Though I seriously like had had my hands like ready up over my face because I thought for sure that she was going to like kill Cordelia or take take it back. I don't know. I was expecting something off to happen, like it normally does. And when it didn't, I was like, wow, it's just really going to end, like, really happy like this. <laughs> so that was sort yeah, of surprising. Yeah, exactly. It was kind of like, mm-hmm. exactly. I was, you know, but I actually prefer be- that it ended the way that it did. Mm-hmm. Um, given the tone of the whole series, like, I was yeah. glad to see that, like, Fiona finally had to face her mortality. And it kind of went hand in hand then, too, with, like, Delphine and Marie Laveau, that they also had been immortal and had to face their mortality. And mm-hmm. so it was kind of interesting to see that that generation, well, I mean, of course, Delphine was, well, and Marie Laveau really were of a different generation, but that that they kind of passed the buck down and now Cordelia, um, you know, that I was afraid the coven was going to be destroyed, but instead the coven was thriving at the end. And right. I kind of liked that. Yeah, considering that when it starts out, it seemed like, you know, this was, you know, like where girls come to learn about these, you know, abilities that they have and, uh, you know, that they're not really, you know, strange. There's other people like them. And then, but that seemed to like last for like a couple episodes and then they were just all killing each other for like the rest (laughs) of the season. Uh, for and coming back to life, yeah, and and coming back to life, and uh, or at least some of them were in various different ways, but yet there was no like they were somehow learning <laughs> these things, but they weren't actually being taught by anybody. Uh, it almost like they were just set in <laughs> New Orleans to run amok. Uh, it I don't know. It it seemed to have. Like it was going for something at the beginning, but just sort of lost its way and had no real point. And then it ends with this sort of happy ending where now all of a sudden this place is like the place that it said it was, you know, and, and look like it might actually be now. I don't know. It was it, it didn't turn out to be as good of a season as it looked like it was going to be from like the beginning uh, even though you know, basically they they kill somebody off in the first episode and then work to bring that bring the guy back yeah. uh, in, in the very next one, so it it almost sort of went off the rails pretty quickly. It was interesting because it had moments of it had creepy moments, it had traumatic moments, it had moments of true 
terror and horror, but those are really few and far between. You know, mostly it was just like I was it was more a matter of looking at these people and being like, I mean, like Madison. I mean, seriously, like she was the most morally abhorrent person of like the kids. And it was it was more of that, like a moral like they had moral issues more so than their being being horror. You know, Delphine was I mean, she was probably the worst. Yeah. <clears throat> but it just seemed like that the season might like it might be trying to it didn't seem to have like a purpose. It seemed like it might be trying to at some point make a statement about, you know, race or women's empowerment or uh, horrible mothers. Yeah. Or, or something. Yeah. But it never it never really. It didn't come together. One. Like it, 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 like it like looked like it was going to deal with these types of things, but it never really did on more than like a surface level, uh, and it really ended up just being various witches killing each other and bringing them, <laughs> bringing other ones back. It just I don't know it. The the payoff, uh, you know, at least the you know sort of the the group of sort of bad people, you know, got what was coming to them uh, sort of thing uh, in the end. But it really was uh, uneven and, and really seemed to fall apart in the middle where I, I wasn't sure if I was going to, to keep watching. But then it, you know, it gets to a certain point you're just like, well, there's only three or four episodes left. I might as well continue on, even though they made us wait forever to get those last uh, few episodes. That was such a weird way to break up the season uh, for something that's only 13 episodes. Well, in a way, I mean, the episode, I mean, if there was a theme of it, it was that at the end, the, the people that were bad and evil, they got what was coming to them. But as a whole, like that, that's how, where the season ended. But there was no thread throughout this the season that was leading you to believe that that's what it, where it was going or that there was really this fight between um good and evil i mean there were there were fights in each episode but it didn't ever feel like that was the overarching theme of the season because i mean everyone that was bad pretty much ended up being killed off i mean you have the hunters were all killed um, Cordelia's husband, Marie, Delphine, Madison, um, the evil mother next door. Uh, you know, they all, you know, the, Luke was maybe the only innocent death. Misty, but Misty died, you know, of her own. Right. Yeah, it was uh, bad. I don't know. It just seemed to uh, just seem like they could have done more to it a lot of times it, things felt disjointed like all of a sudden they were doing something and you're like well what does that have to do with uh, anything else but then none of those i don't know it, they just none of the disparate storylines seemed to really tie up other than they did kill off like all the bad people at the end <laughs> you know, yeah exactly it's like uh, it's like 
sooner or later you're going to get what's coming to you i guess is the mm-hmm. <laughs> was i was think the that's theme. what the, the overall theme was <laughs> yeah if you're selfish <laughs> good will triumph oh. over evil yeah. yeah so hopefully next season will be better have they said have they said what the next season's going to be yeah i haven't heard it's going to take place in the 1950s um at least a majority of it and that's pretty much all that's been announced Cool. And they haven't even announced like anybody coming back except for um, Jessica Lango's back, and it'll be her last season. And Aww. that was announced before this season, even. So, That's as she says, it's her last season. That doesn't necessarily I mean. I mean, she could change her mind, of course, but. Mm-hmm. She's so great in all these episodes. <laughs> I just love how you can see how, like, I mean, Ryan Murphy gets amazing actors to come on his shows and the fact that they're able to take characters from season to season that are so different or Mm -hmm. even some that are somewhat similar, but yet they are distinct characters. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really, it shows that he's picking great actors because there's, I mean, that, that is, if there was anything really awesome about the season was that the acting was spot on. I Mm -hmm. mean... They had they knew their characters, they played their characters, and you knew who those characters were. Exactly. All right. And uh, with that, we'll move on to the last show on our list, which is The Vampire Diaries, uh, Season 5, Episode 12, uh, The Devil Inside. Who died and who, like, lived in this one? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, gosh. So, uh, so Tawny, what do you... What are you thinking of the season of the Vampire Diaries? Oh, gosh. Well, this episode in particular, like, I hated it. But then at the same time, I loved it. I I don't know. I, I was in the last few episodes. I really did not want Catherine to die. Um, I just thought that the show wouldn't be the same without her. And I just figured that she would figure out some way um, to still stay in a in Elena's body, I thought, well, she's going to be a traveler. I didn't want her to be in anybody else's body except for Elena because, I don't know, like she has to stay in Nina's body. She can't really go into, you know, her daughter's body. It just wouldn't be the same for me. Um, So I was a huge fan of Let's Keep Catherine Alive. But now after this episode, I'm just like, help kill the witch. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so... um, but I kind of like what they're doing because now Damon's like this super bad boy. So it kind of like at the end of this episode, I had the feel of like, oh, wow, this kind of feels like Vampire Diaries in the first like, you know, in the first season when Damon was a bad boy and you were kind of like afraid of like what's next. So I'm interested to see how long that will last. And um, I think it's going to add something um I don't. I guess sort of fresh, even though you know he used to be a bad boy. I'm. I'm really looking forward to seeing where they're going to go next uh, with this. So I just can't really buy, of course, that the main character um, Elena is gone for good. So I'm wondering how they're going to to uh, bring her back. And I have no I, theories on that. <laughs> is Wes dead? That's one thing I wasn't sure about. Did. Did he end up get? Did Wes get killed off screen? No, I don't think Wes is dead. I think that um, Aaron. I, the last I saw was that didn't he like punch him or something or, um, 
Or no, the the last that we saw of Wes was when he had Elena um, tied up in her father's basement, right? And he was about to inject her with the um, serum that was going to make her crave vampire blood instead of human blood. And I think right. that's the last we saw of him. And he, nobody, he, to my knowledge, he wasn't dead. I think Elena just got out of there. So I think he's still, um, he's still alive. In this episode, Aaron came to Caroline and said that Wes wasn't going to be a problem anymore. That he, you know, figured everything out and cut off um, Augustine's funding. So okay, because I, I wasn't sure if out. Enzo killed him or not, or if it was just that the funding got cut off. Cut off. Yeah, I think I think he's still alive, unlike okay. Aaron. Or yeah. Aaron. So I was gonna say, otherwise, <laughs> like that whole storyline was kind of a waste. I was like, Aaron and and because you still have the um, the Whitmore or whatever vampire the out there. Hmm. So, anyways, that's from, like... And I think Enzo is the Whitmore vampire, right? Is he? Yeah, I think he was. He's the, he's the, um, or the Augustine. He's the Augustine, Augustine vampire. Augustine, that's it, sorry, yeah. Yeah, and so I think when, um, what about Megan, their roommate, when she got killed in, like, the second or third episode of, um, it's probably, like, the second episode of the show, I think what happened was, is she found him... I think she found him maybe in the um, in the Augustine basement because that's where they had the two. Um, um, oh gosh, what do you call them? Not tombs. <laughs> the cells. The, the the cells. Vamps. Yes, the cells. Yes, the cells. So I think she found him in there and I must have released him or something. But I, I'm pretty sure that he's Augustine vampire. And that's who killed Megan. Was Enzo? Okay. He was thirsty. <laughs> he was hungry. <laughs> I am excited too about about um, Damon kind of like going bad again. I mean, I was a little irritated that he killed Aaron, all because like a girl broke his heart. But yeah, you know, it's kind of like, come on, really. And, and again, on one of those things where if uh, Caroline just could have been able to finally share some information that she kept trying to tell people, but it never was would keep getting interrupted or whatever. That uh, you know, that the funding had been cut off, and and you know that maybe they would have had a slightly different opinion of, of like of him or something like that. But uh, but no, they still think he's you know, the one guy that has the, you know, of that. They still would have killed him though. I mean, the, it's possible, he... but there's still there's still a lot of things that could have possibly changed uh, if if she would have been able to. They would at least made things a little bit different. I don't know. That's if, of course, if Aaron's really dead. Because they could turn him into a vampire. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why do they always have to kill all the humans in the show? Like, <laughs> poor Matt is the only one left. And is, well, and is he now that he was like a passen- passenger body? I guess he probably is still human, yeah. technically. But I was I was sort of a fan of Aaron. Like I, his character was kind of um, I don't know. I I really liked his character. Like, and he had the chance to, um. I feel like he had the chance to to kill Damon at some point, but he didn't. So, too bad. Too bad but again, him, another <laughs> thing, another thing that feels like this whole Augustine 
thing felt like it could have been a much longer and more interesting story arc or, you know, something more that they would have had to dealt with. But now it kind of feels like, you know, even if that other, uh, you know, doctor is still out there, if the, if the funding has been cut off and the guy's dead, like where's anything like that going to, to come from unless he finds, you know, some new investors. Uh, it was almost like the writers like really thought the college thing was going to work. And then as they were writing it, they kind of decided, yeah, we may not like this so much. <laughs> and so they just kind of gave up on it. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that it won't come up again and hopefully maybe it will, but it, that whole college thing just kind of like, doesn't really seem to be much of anything. Uh, the other thing for me is how long can Catherine really stay in town and keep everybody believing that she's Elena, even if she's gotten some information from Matt, she, the thing about her is she can't help but be herself. And so mm. like everybody that she's talked to as Elena, she still yes. does it as Catherine. Like she, yeah. she would, you, you don't, you don't necessarily believe that she would have had that type of reaction uh, to Caroline telling her about Klaus, uh, that she would be like, you know, tell me more or, or whatever. Uh, and, you know, she does that just so that uh, she can, they can be overheard. Right. And so it's like, how long can she really go before somebody goes, you know, this is not the Elena that we know. Why does it always seem like she's causing problems? And because she's not going to be able to not. <laughs> you know? Right. You I don't know, think it's going to last very long. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't either. I mean, you look at how long did Silas, was he able to pretend to be Stefan? Two episodes? Not even mm -hmm. before Damon knew? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if Catherine can pull off pretending to be Elena for longer than that, then we got a real problem because Silas at least had mind control and could read people's minds. So Yeah, especially if she's spending know, a lot of times with her two equally best friends that she loves, you know. Yeah, exactly. Now, you know, one thing I read that I hadn't thought about, but the witch who did the spell, she was killed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when Bonnie died, her, when she did the spell, like, it was reversed. So, you know, why wouldn't this spell have been reversed? Yeah, I don't know. The Travelers have, like, a different kind of magic, she was saying, I think, in this episode. Like... Because they're not true witches, so they have to, um, I don't know, they were like, she was kind of like cutting into um, Catherine's body and was like, whoa, do you really have to like get, you know, in there like that? And she was like, oh, well, you know, we're not true witches. We um, we have to, you know, get our, our sources other places or whatever. So I'm wondering if that has something to do with it. But I was thinking they just need to find another witch, which... Which, <laughs> um, who is going to be their next witch? Because as of right now, they don't have one, right? Um, Bonnie. They need, yeah. But I'm wondering, but she doesn't have her witchy powers now, right? Now that she's the um, the anchor. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think she, I don't think she has her witch powers now. So I think they need to find a new witch, and they're going to have to reverse this spell somehow. And whatever happened to? Do we know for sure that Amara's? dead i know silas yeah. is gone 
And Amara is definitely gone because I'm just wondering, can't they just pull her body back up? <laughs> well, that's a possibility. Yeah. That would be an, a solution. Right. Though Amara is human because she took the cure. Well, I'm still. And was killed. The, the question I still have is if uh, all these beans are go through the doorway and she started to go through Bonnie, but then didn't. Right. Shouldn't, yeah, Bonnie, that's come shouldn't up. Bonnie know that she's not really dead? Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's what we said. <laughs> that is a major irritation from the episode before and, and that di- even for last week. It's like if this week Bonnie doesn't realize it or yeah. at least question it, but the thing is, something's is, wrong. Is, instead, right. she's off with her in this episode because they can't use everybody every episode. They have her off with her boyfriend to s- visit her mother. Uh, it just bothers me because right then when everything was happening, she should have known that, okay, there's a body up there and there's, you know, yeah, her she may not through, have like... known exactly <laughs> what happened because it was obvious that uh, – they were all playing that she was dead, uh, even right. her daughter. Not that, you know, that she hadn't gone into her daughter's body. So if they were all playing that she's dead and they all believe that she's dead, Bonnie should have been like, but I never saw her go through. You know, like that. Exactly. That's a, like a they, huge hole. They <laughs> really me. needed to have Bonnie on this episode so she could have said something. But apparently she's like really in love, right? <laughs> You think that'd be something you would say, oh, by the way, Catherine really didn't go through me, was, so I you know, think she but, might yeah. still be alive. <laughs> but like in the previous episode, you know, when they have, uh, she's sitting there and she's like, you know, to Matt, your sister's here and blah, blah, blah. Oh. She was there when, <laughs> yeah. when when the death happened and never saw the completed transfer of her going through uh, because she feels it. So right. and just because she saw her about it. And, and, you know, and... Uh, that for her to just after that episode or after that little get together for her and Jeremy to just leave and and then everybody else just believes that she's dead, that just makes absolutely no sense to me. It's the, Agreed. It's, it's, it's those it's sometimes they have these huge things that that you notice. Sometimes you don't quite notice them or they don't quite bother you as much, but every once in a while there's things like that where you're just like and then they don't even appear in the next episode, which yeah. makes you forget about it a little bit. Except that when she comes back, like in the next episode, like it's all of a sudden she's supposed to just believe this is Elena and uh, that she and she believes that that Catherine's dead, but yet never felt her pass through is just uh, there. I don't know. Yeah, hopefully Bonnie will be the one to uh, figure it out on the next episode. Otherwise, it's going to get pretty old. You know, you know so it would be nice for Bonnie to the have way. an actual, like, storyline. Yeah, I agree. Otherwise, it's like, why bring her back? Yeah, I know. They went through all that trouble to bring her back. Give her give her something. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, yeah, and then you just uh, uh, ship her off. But, yeah, the, that's, that's the thing is, uh, while they have had some character you know deaths that have stayed mostly gone they may appear you know like in like the special 100th episode where you see them but even though nobody else can see them but like bonnie or but it's just 
there's too many in these shows <laughs> that when they die, you're just like, eh, we'll you know, if the show's still around in a couple seasons, they'll be back. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that that starts to get a little old because then there feels like there is no real consequences to anything. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for our, uh, well, basically, witches and werewolves and vampires is what we <laughs> talked about in this episode. So Yeah. It's oh a my. supernatural show. Yes. <laughs> and uh, with that, we'll jump to uh, the last uh, little segment, uh, TV on DVD picks for releases on Tuesday, February 11th, uh, which uh, we all we all uh, picked uh, The American Season 1. I picked it because it's a great show, and if you haven't watched it, it's worth uh, uh, getting on DVD before the new season starts, which, with it coming out on the 11th and with when the new season starts, you have, with it only being uh, 13 episodes, there's enough time to, uh, uh, to catch up. Uh, before the there's new no season. excuse to not catch up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, no my, excuse. Yeah. My other pick was also a Sherlock season three, which was pretty good, which comes out on DVD the the same. So if you you might be interested in that as well. But uh, but Carla, what do you think? Uh, obviously, you like uh, the Americans as well. I do. Um, I like the characters. That it's they're different than other characters that are on TV. Um, you know, being it's interesting because it's it's a historical show, and you kind of know like the um, that us, the actual Americans, won the Cold War. But when you go back and you are watching the series, it's it in a way that doesn't even really matter because you have these um, KGB spies that are pretending to be Americans. They're deep undercover. They have kids of their own that were born in America. And, you know, they're fighting um, who just happens to end up being their neighbor, um, an FBI agent that is um, trying to keep the KGB from getting secrets. Um, So you have these two sides, and it's the little wins and the little losses, which... um, I mean, just in the big picture, they're little, but I mean, in the moment when you're in each episode, they're huge. I mean, there's loss of life, there's spying, there's suspense. You start caring about the characters on both sides. Um, There's, you know, I mean, every character, whether they're KGB, whether they're FBI, whether American or Soviet, with one exception, like when you're watching it, you you're invested in them and you're invested in their side. And so it's kind of an interesting perspective to kind of care about both sides. And I mean, of course they make, um, um, the Jennings who are, um, the KGB um, pretending to be Americans, the Jennings, they have doubts themselves about what side they take to differing degrees throughout the season. And so that kind of, allows them to be a little bit more sympathetic perhaps and you also get flashbacks to find out how they ended up where they are um but overall i just i find that really compelling that it's not like good versus evil even though it sort of is i don't know well tawny tawny picked it as a a show that she hasn't watched that she would be interested in watching uh and i would tell i would tell you uh the two reasons i like the show 
is one, it's done so well that when you're watching it, you're rooting for the Russians. And that is a weird phenomenon because partially because you're not not always rooting for them. But well, partially, partially in the overall state, you're rooting for them because if they get caught, the show's over and you like the show so much. Uh, But on, (laughs) but they've created these interesting characters in the scheme of things, watching it from an American perspective, they're the bad guys, but on an anti-hero mm-hmm. perspective, you know, even, but they've created such compelling characters that you are kind of rooting for them when you're, you're, you're worried that they're going to get caught in doing some of these things. And the other reason that I like the show is it's a spy show set in the eighties. So, I find it completely compelling to see what types of things they had to do uh, to be able to spy on, you know, to be a spy. Because now it's all hacking and technology and, you know, cloning Mm -hmm. people's phones and and all kind of stuff. Uh, You know, when you had to plant a bug and the receiver couldn't be that far away, which meant and you could only record so much where you had to periodically go back and, you know, change out tapes and stuff like that. Uh, that adds a whole nother level of danger uh, to being a spy. And so watching what it might have been like to be a spy in that time frame is also really interesting to me. Well, and it's before cell phones, really, and technology. Like, there's a scene, and I won't really give away what happens, but there's a scene where there's a fight and a murder, in a parking lot in the middle of the day and like there's not like there's no surveillance there's no like going to check where what whose cell phone was pinging off what tower there's no dna testing there's no like so like it is probable that they will get away with it because it's not today right and so for an example of, I mean, things like that happen throughout where, like, if it happened today, you'd be like, oh, my God, they'd be caught in, like, two seconds. <laughs> yeah. where, right. Somebody has it like, on video somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Somebody had their phone out or, you know, whereas, like, there's things throughout where people get away with stuff that just would never happen today. Mm-hmm. And it makes it, like, it puts you into a whole different kind of world, like Jason said, that... I mean, I love some of the technology that they have to use to communicate and the codes and the, um, you know, I like old school thrillers. So, you know, when they're putting chalk, chalk marks on benches, I'm like, yes, that's awesome. Um, You know, double crossing people is so much easier. It's not like you can go on a computer and look up what someone looks like or, um, you know, and the and the politics part of it is pretty interesting too because they actually stay pretty true to like the politics of the day um, and real life historical characters, what was happening as far as who they're bugging and um, you know different things. So um, you know, big scale overview, you kind of know what how it ended, but it, the journey of how we get there is really kind of fun. Yeah, it's it sounds just really a- good. Yeah, it it definitely it it was one of those shows that going in you're just like ah really how are uh, you know because the the anti hero thing has become so big but yet 
it becomes harder and harder. I don't know that they're anti-heroes, though. Well, I think it, well, that's... But, I mean, it fall, It sort of falls into that vein of things where it's a... The, where the, the, the quote-unquote hero of the story is not necessarily what you would consider the hero. <laughs> like, in like neither normal... side is good, though. I mean, to be honest, neither side, the Americans nor the Soviets, neither side is good or bad. It's all like... Like, they both use horrible methods at times. They both do things that are immoral at times. Mm -hmm. They, you know, so I think yeah, but that's still, why I yeah. like it versus, like... Yeah. But still, like, going into it, you're just thinking, oh, how am I going to get invested in following around Russian spies? That's sort of, like, the base thing going into it. And they somehow do it. They create... <laughs> They hook the, you. They make you. The they make actor, you um, relate. The act, yeah, the <laughs> actors are great. The way that they set up the characters, though, with uh, especially with one of them, is a little more conflicted. Uh, you know, after years of being here, the the whole idea of you know their kids have no idea, so they're just like uh, you know Americans. Uh, it's always interesting to see like when the one daughter will say something, and it's like 180 degrees from what the mom believes as, you know, the Russian spy, but she can't exactly, you know, say anything, say too much or, uh, uh, the, those kind those, those types of things are all really, uh, really interesting. It's definitely, definitely, uh, it was high on my list. It was one of my favorite new shows of last, of, of last year. And the kids aren't horrible. Like, so many shows have kids on there that are, like, misused or underused or bad actors. The kids mm -hmm. on this show are used really, really well, and they act really well. And, I mean, even when they have some little plot points that don't necessarily seem to fit the whole overall story, it ends up coming together in a way mm -hmm. that works. And with and with the kids getting older, it looks like they're going to play more of a part yeah. in the new season of how do the parents continue to not just hide from the FBI and stuff, but hide what they're up to at given times from their kids. Just imagine right. if, if Homeland would have had two kids like these two kids <laughs> on their show. It would have been, like, so much better. <laughs> Well, instead, they had one really good kid most of the time and one kid that was just basically there to take up space occasionally. Yeah, it could have just been an extra. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a glorified extra. All right. <laughs> well, that'll do it for uh, for this week's podcast, which uh, even with only four shows, uh, we still at, <laughs> were able to talk for plenty of time. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, uh, next week, uh, Amory will be back with me, and our guest will be uh, Rob Sesternino uh, from Rob Has a Podcast. And uh, you can find the links to the news stories and the Super Bowl ads that we talked about, as well as uh, where to find Carla and Tawny online in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 212. Uh, let us know uh, what your favorite ad was or uh, drop us a note about anything that we discussed uh, by leaving a comment in the show notes or uh, hit us up on Twitter at, at tvtimes3.com at TB times three. Uh, and uh, the opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promonet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their Mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. And uh, thanks again, Carla and Tawny, for uh, joining me on uh, episode 212. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for having me on. We sit glued to the TV set all night. And it 